Our only chance of long-term survival is not to remain inward-looking on planet Earth, but to spread out into space. From galaxy to galaxy to galaxy, you're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening, you're listening. You're listening. to Terra Informa. This week, we're departing our dear old Terra and setting our sights to the stars. With the growing climate crisis affecting the world, does humanity's future lie on some distant planet? A new world, a planet B, an Earth 2.0. And if this interplanetary refuge is out there, how soon before we can reach it? My name is Hannah Cunningham. And my name is Sonic Patel. We'll be your hosts for the next half hour of environmental news and storytelling. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that this episode was co-written and produced in Treaty 6 territory in Amiskwitsiwaskigan, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We are broadcasting from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced following consistent efforts from local officials like Frank Oliver to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty right to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. The show was also co-written in Treaty 7 territory, the traditional territories of the Nitsitapi from the Blackfoot Confederacy, including the Sigsiga, Bigani, and Gainai Nations, the IRA Nakoda of the Chiniki, Bearspaw, and Wesley Nations, and the Dene of the Sutna Nation. Southern Alberta is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. At the confluence of the Bow and Elbow Rivers, this site was called Mokinsis by the Blackfoot, and is more recently called the City of Calgary. Not confined to history, these regions are also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together, including Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Wherever you're listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you are on. The story of space exploration and occupying another planet is one of colonization. A story that has been one of pain and exploitation with long-lasting effects. With space potentially causing a new wave of colonization, it is important to contemplate on the systems of colonialism and colonial mindsets in place on Earth and the many problems they have and continue to cause. Humanity has long looked to the sky in wonder, considering what worlds are out there in the final frontier. And could some of them be our next homeworld? Well, first, what makes Earth so perfect for humans? 
Could we find an Earth-like planet in the cosmos? Astronomers have been keeping an eye out for Earth-like planets, also called Earth analogs, as future homes and also places where extraterrestrial life could emerge. Some of the characteristics we look for are size, like a planet similar to Earth. First of all, Earth-sized planets are more likely to be terrestrial, as opposed to gaseous, and are capable of retaining an atmosphere like Earth. But size alone is a poor indicator of performance. Terrestrial planets possess a similar surface geology to Earth. Geology can reveal underlying information about the planet, like the presence of water, which results in clays and sedimentary rocks, biological life, which results in peat, and volcanic events. Temperature is another crucial factor to look for, especially since our Earth is increasingly becoming less hospitable, in no small part due to rising average temperatures and the climate changes that brings. Average temperatures are complex, a result of the greenhouse effect, both natural and anthropogenic, the orbit and rotation of the planet. There are two schools of thought about the presence of Earth-like planets in space. The mediocrity principle suggests that Earth-like planets should be common in our massive universe. In 2011, NASA's, the National Aeronautics and Space Association's, Jet Propulsion Laboratory estimates that around 2% of Sun-like stars have Earth-sized planets orbiting in the habitable zone. In the Milky Way alone, this amounts to about 2 billion Earth analog planets. In the observable universe, there may be a hundred quintillion or one followed by about 18 zeros. On the other hand, the rare Earth hypothesis suggests that there are very few planets similar to Earth, attributed to the highly improbable combination of astrophysical and geological events that created our blue rock. But not every Earth-like planet is a great fit for our transplanted civilization. Instead, we need to look for habitable planets, planets that can sustain life for a significant period of time. One of the big requirements of habitable planets is the presence of liquid water. Astronomy uses a term called the circumstellar habitable zone, which describes the range of distances in which an orbiting planet could have liquid water if it had a sufficient atmosphere. Also complicating our understanding of what makes a habitable planet is that areas that can sustain life might not be uniformly distributed in space and time. Some planets may have half the surface habitable or may experience periodic glaciations. More recent work also suggests that water could exist outside of the circumstellar habitable zone with liquid water possible underground, sustained by non-solar heat sources, or existing as a solution 
with a wider range of temperatures and pressures to keep it a liquid. Naturally, some of our closest and most easily visible neighbors were humanity's first considerations for an Earth II. Mars, the Roman god of war, lends his name to the Red Planet. For years, some thought that Mars shared many similarities to Earth, including an atmosphere, seasons, and maybe even a Martian civilization. This belief is reflected in a lot of literature at the time, like Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter of Mars. But programs like Mariner and the Viking space programs revealed a lot more information about the planet, revealing a barren world with a weak atmosphere. This includes an ozone layer. The planet also lacks a magnetic field. The absence of these features means the surface of Mars is very exposed to solar and other cosmic radiation. This, plus the super cold temperatures, challenges the ability of humans to live on Mars without being contained in an extensive shelter facility. There is, however, water on Mars, but the majority of it exists as ice on the surface. There are no large water bodies, due to the lack of a significant atmosphere, which broadly means warming ice is likely to transform directly into vapor and vice versa. Years ago, the atmosphere on Mars may have been denser, allowing for water, but this was billions of years ago. We've conducted extensive research to figure out what's on Mars, from remote sensing to physical evidence collected by our rovers. On the other side of our orbit, the planet Venus was also believed to be habitable by humans, a warmer version of Earth. But in the 1960s, space probes found that this was too true. Venus has a surface temperature of 462 degrees Celsius, an acidic atmosphere, and high surface pressure. Another candidate within our solar system isn't even a planet, but a moon. Titan, revolving around the planet Saturn. The moon does have lakes and rivers, first suggested by data from the Voyager 1 and 2 space probes in 1977. Almost 20 years later, the Hubble telescope suggests that these water bodies are made of methane, later affirmed by the Cassini mission. So not exactly drinkable, but it is a celestial body with weather, like wind and rain and climate. The methane cycle is similar to our water cycle. And just like Earth, the atmosphere of Titan is mostly nitrogen. However, the surface temperature of Titan is around negative 180 degrees Celsius, just too cold for Northern Canadians due to the low amounts of light that makes it to the surface. Titan is also where Thanos is from, so that's that's pretty bad. So it appears our Earth too must be beyond the solar system. Let's gaze interstellar at the worlds beyond, called exoplanets.
If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Terra Informa, a production of CJSR 88.5 FM. This week, we are talking about the possibility of humans leaving our dear planet in search of an Earth 2.0. The Kepler mission, named after astronomer Johannes Kepler, is a space telescope intended to find Earth-sized planets in habitable zones in the Milky Way, our galaxy. Launched in 2009, the telescope was retired in 2018 after its fuel was depleted. But in its nine-year lifespan, the telescope observed over 500,000 stars and over 2,500 planets. And some of these are good contenders for Earth too. Kepler 452b, sometimes called Earth 2.0, orbits in the habitable zone of the star Kepler 452, though we're not quite sure how hot the planet is. A year on Kepler 452b is roughly 384 days, just over one Earth year. But the planet is significantly bigger than Earth, both in mass and size. This also means that gravity should be significantly higher than gravity here on Earth. Though on the plus side, gym equipment would only need half the weight. The planet is most likely rocky based on its size. The host sun, Kepler-452, is a G-type star, like our sun, and is about 2 billion years older. From the surface, the sun would look just about the same as ours does. Kepler-252b does receive more energy from the sun, and could potentially be too hot due to a greenhouse effect, just like Venus. So, is Kepler-452b our next home? Well, we're not sure yet. The planet is in the constellation Cygnus, 1,800 light years away, and out of range of current telescopes to determine the mass and atmospheric conditions. The distance also means that we're not living on Kepler 452b anytime soon. The fastest current spaceship, New Horizons, would take 26 million years to reach Kepler 452b. A little bit closer to home, Proxima Centauri b offers another possible Earth, too. This is an exoplanet that orbits Proxima Centauri, the red dwarf star that is the closest star to Earth after our Sun. The exoplanet is 4.2 light years from Earth. The exoplanet is also of similar size to Earth. There are a few other contenders for the next home for humans. Ross 128b has a lot of Earth-like traits. It's rocky, it's in the habitable zone of a red dwarf star, and if it has an atmosphere similar to Earth, the planet would be just a bit colder. Ross 128b is 11 light years away. 
Luton B also orbits a red dwarf star in the habitable zone. With an Earth-like atmosphere, temperatures on Luton could support humans. Luton B is about 12 light years away. Kepler 1649C also circles a red dwarf star in the habitable zone. It's very close to the size of Earth and gets a similar amount of solar energy, potentially the right temperature. And these are just a few of the exoplanets considered habitable. And those are just the ones that we've considered. Kepler's data is abundant and new projects like the James Webb Telescope could bring more data about our elusive Earth too. And even if we can't find a replica of our blue planet, maybe we could make one. There is a hypothetical process called terraforming, which is also what we call the process of making this show. Terraforming involves modifying a planet to replicate the Earth's atmosphere, temperature, and or biosphere on another planet, creating an Earth 2.0. The idea of terraforming has probably most seriously been considered for Mars, to alter the atmosphere and temperature. But nothing concrete has been settled, either in the methodology and ethics of doing so, in addition to the astronomical cost. Pun not intended. Right now, terraforming is more science fiction than science fact. So, how close are we to space colonization? The short answer is pretty far. As you might have been able to tell from this episode, we still don't have the best idea of where Earth 2 could even be. Kepler gave us a lot of information, but not enough to commit to an interplanetary course. Even once we're ready to start towards our next Earth, it's estimated that it will be decades before interstellar travel. One of our big issues is speed, as current spaceships are not fast enough to reach interstellar distances in a human lifetime. We're also not quite sure how to handle issues like collisions with space dust at those speeds. One possible option for humans on an Earth 2.0 could be a generation ship or a world ship, a spaceship that would hold multiple generations. The original departees from Earth wouldn't reach the new world, but their descendants, born in space, just might. The human tendency to let our minds wander off past our own horizons has made for great stories and imaginings of what another Earth might look like. As you can imagine, genres of science fiction are full of different ideas of Earth 2.0s. We've already talked about Mars, our neighbor, 
and this is a very popular choice in science fiction. In other books and films, humans luck out and find planets that are more hospitable to humankind. More of a true blue second Earth. So, do you have a favorite fictional representation of Earth 2.0? Mine is Illus, or New Terra, from the series The Expanse. Disclaimer, I am just in the part of the show where it's introduced and I haven't read the books by Daniel Abraham and Ty Frank. Uh, without giving too many spoilers, the planet is discovered once further reaching intergalactic travel is unlocked for humans. And it seems pretty darn habitable. Similar atmosphere as Earth, so no spacesuits needed, 1G of gravitational pull, and there's land masses and oceans and lots of lithium for mining. I really like the emphasis that the show puts on the importance of the planet for mining. There's a lot of poor people in space in the show and it gets super political over who gets access to this planet, which unfortunately I think is probably how it's going to go if we ever start colonizing other planets. I also like how the depiction of living on this version of Earth 2.0 is pretty rough. It's hard to live on Illus. It's stormy and there's ecological factors that humans aren't used to, which just adds to the realism of this representation of humans' new home. So mine is strangely called New World, so quite similar to New Terra. And it was first introduced in Marvel Comics Fantastic Four 554. So New World is designed by Ted Castle and a number of other very rich and powerful people in the Marvel Comics universe. And it was intended to be a perfect replica of Earth, created because the current Earth was uninhabitable within, um, I think, half a century is what they call it. So New World is intended to be a haven for humanity after the existing Earth is no longer inhabitable. So it would be uh, protected by an AI that would help uh, prevent the failings of the current Earth from happening to New World. However, over the comic, it's revealed that actually uh, Ted Castle only plans for the rich and famous to be transported to New World and for the majority of humans to die with planet Earth. And similarly, I think that's a very interesting way to think about not only Earth 2.0, but this whole idea of technological solutions and silver bullets to our climate crisis. When we rely on technology to solve our problems, we also have to deal with the structural inequities that come from not everyone having access to the wealth or literacy um, or physical access to these kinds of technologies. And if there is an Earth 2.0, is it a haven for humanity in that all of us will be able to find refuge there? Or is it a way for the rich and powerful to escape this world for a new one and leave the rest of us to deal with a crisis that in many ways was exasperated by the 
fossil fuels required to power those kinds of lifestyles. In the comics, uh, there's a moment in which Ted Castle asks Reed Richards, who is a scientist on the Fantastic Four, to help them develop the world. But Reed chooses not to and decides to stay on Earth, try and solve Earth's problems, rather than, as he calls it, abandon the planet. And I think for many people who are working in the climate field, this is a idea that they've probably thought about many times, that this is not something that we can really run from, that instead we have to stay and, and try and do something to fix it. Um, anyways, within the comic, and this is where we get to the comic book shenanigans, eventually New World is occupied by a group of humans from a future dying planet who use something called the Galactus Engine, which is a time machine, to send all the survivors to New World. And so it ruins Ted Castle's plan of having a world just for the rich and famous. And it, it does actually eventually provide refuge for the inhabitants of a dying Earth, though not quite in the way originally intended. Um, and then it's later destroyed. <laughs> wow, what a twist. <laughs> So all in all, Earth 2.0 is a faraway concept, both literally and practically. Space has always been an elusive concept, full of wonder and discovery. The field of space exploration has brought a number of benefits to humanity, from advances in technology and medical science, to answering existential questions about where we came from, and where we're going. But the Earth is currently in crisis, including a mass extinction caused by climate change. Our answer is not in the stars. We don't have the time or resources to restart on a new planet. This Earth, with its seemingly perfect conditions to support humanity, is our home for a number of years to come. And with that being the case, we need to protect it from risks like the climate crisis, environmental degradation, and biodiversity loss. Earth 1.0 is all we got. And with a little more care and respect for the environment around us, it's more than enough. is all the time we have for this week. We've been your hosts, Hannah Cunningham and Sonic Patel. Thanks for listening. Terra Informa is a production of CGSR 88.5 FM and all of our content is created by a team of volunteers. This episode was written by myself, Sonic Patel and Hannah Cunningham. 
and is produced by Hannah Cunningham. You can reach us for comments or questions via email, tara at cjsr.com, or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. Catch you next week, right here, on Earth, on Terra Informa. The idea of Terra <laughs> informing. <laughs> That's a genuine question. <laughs>